0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Ship Talking Pod. I'm Brandon and I'm joined on the bridge today by the amazing Alex. How are you?
1: I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Brandon?
0: I'm good. I'm good. And that's perfect timing for this episode recording because we just got all that amazing New York Comic Con content just dropped yesterday. Of course, this will be, you know, about a week or so old by the time everyone hears this, but (laughs) new trailers.
1: Yay! So exciting.
0: I know. I was I was so happy to see more of Janeway, too, and really hear her. Um, yes. Although I have to say, I, I'm not sure what they did to her voice. It, it didn't sound as deep as it sounds now. It, it was a bit interesting. It was a bit off, I thought. I was like, it is Janeway, but it, it's not the Janeway I remember. But maybe that's intended because it's hologram Janeway. Or maybe they tried to make her sound a bit younger or more youthful. But Janeway, nonetheless.
1: I don't know. I. It did seem odd to me. I, I did notice a little different in her voice and I I couldn't quite uh, pinpoint what was going on there but something's going on yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah for yeah. sure <laughs> but it's Janeway
0: and we know it's voiced by Kate Mulgrew so like you know yes. what I will take her anytime I can get her and of course new Discovery trailer as well with that Uh, kind of yeah. sent the internet into a mad fury about that one single frame with no <sighs> context of a Ferengi we have no idea if it's mixed with a different race or how Ferengi's evolved over the last 900 years we just don't know but everyone went absolutely mental and it's just like okay if you're gonna Look at that and, and make a big deal. What about the Klingons? I mean, I mean, I know there was a big uproar about how the Klingons looked as well, but like, oh yeah, relax, people. Just yeah. relax until we know, right?
1: Yeah. Well, and the thing that kind of gets me is like, people are like, oh, but I, it, it's, it might be a Ferengi, but it looks different. But have you ever seen a human before?
0: <laughs> yeah, we all look different, right?
1: Humans look really different. We have like really weird, different features and stuff. So it's like you yeah. know, diversity. Yeah, stuff I know. Like that. I love
0: I love diversity embrace diversity really all I was really looking for is all the ship porn that was in there so um, <laughs> excited to see Federation HQ again and, and some things there yes. some gorgeous shots of disco but we need more shots of the other ships please give us more shots please. of the ships um, I know. but was super excited to see STO put out the Kirk class their constitution yes. class and um, because we finally got a full look at the 32nd or 31st century constitution class looking thing and I think I've discovered I mean I'm not 100% sure I think that the saucer is actually separated from the rest of the body, but it's housed above the hole still in between the nacelles, but I don't think they're connected. I could be wrong.
1: I didn't get that close of a look. Unfortunately, I'm like very, very deep in grad school right now. Well, fair enough. So I I can't take super deep close looks (laughs) right now, but... It does look super good. I don't care if it's floating or not. I just think it looks
0: cool. (laughs) Ships. Well, and speaking of Star Trek Online, I think uh, probably this is a good time to fill everyone in on uh, maybe Alex, you tell us who's joining this episode.
1: (laughs) So joined with us today in this episode is Thomas Maroney, the lead ship and UI artist with Star Trek Online.
0: Yes. And I can't believe it's taken 28 episodes for him to get his own episode. Now, he's been on a bunch of our episodes and he's been on, of course, Shuttle scuttle and, you know, a lot of content with us, but not his own episode. So it was way overdue.
1: Super overdue. Should have been like episode one. <laughs> yeah.
0: I know. Well, he was on episode <laughs> one with Rick Sternbach and that was really important to me because I yes. I was glad and I, I told him I want to get him on as much as possible. But I'm really excited. But he
1: needs his own yes. standalone episode. And that's what we're delivering today.
0: hundred percent. we We sure <laughs> are. So lots of goodness coming up, talking about not just Star Trek Online ships, but ships overall and designing them and thinking about the future But before we can get to the chat with Thomas, we got to head into this episode's Community Q segment.
1: This episode's community queue, we asked you to let us know which ship out of the hero ships from each Trek series stood out as the best among them all.
0: Alright, so you've got some very clear defined ships here that you had to choose from. So you had the OG 1701, the 1701D, DS9, Defiant, Voyager, NX-01, Discovery, La Serena, Cerritos, and the Protostar. We included Protostar there too, although we haven't seen much of her. Um, but the, the number one response was actually the Enterprise D, And I have some thoughts on why that might have been. But Alex, anything from your side? Is that surprising to you?
1: That's not really surprising to me because I'm thinking of the OG Connie from the original series, Those Old Scientists. Yes. (laughs) That's iconic in its own right. But Enterprise D really pushed the evolution of the Enterprises, I think. Um, It's kind of like a pancake to me. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Just thinking of like growing up, watching Star Trek as a kid, seeing that on TV, um, that's probably more iconic to more people yeah uh, or at least to younger people unless they're watching syndications of the original series
0: yeah i think you're right i mean you know it was probably the first series that a lot of star trek fans watched from start to finish you did have the 60s of course with those old scientists but you know only three years we got seven years out of next gen you always think of captain picard a very iconic series very iconic captain and of course very iconic ship so it makes sense there it is a gorgeous ship um it really set the you know know, kind of the design language for the rest of the franchise, where the OG Connie was very, very different from, you know, what we saw, you know, in TNG and DS9 (laughs) and Voyager and all that. But because of how classic that Connie is, it did come in as number two. And I think that's also fair um, because it did set, you know, the standard for what Federation and Starfleet ships look like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not surprised at all. I kind of had a feeling it would be a tie between OG Connie and the D because it's like neck and neck. (laughs) Yeah, it was very,
0: very close, to be honest. Um, But um, surprising for myself, and I know James is going to love this, but Voyager actually came in third place in terms of the hero ship that stood out as the best among them all. Um, Even above, you know, DS9 and Defiant, maybe because both of those shared screen time, um, you know, we included DS9 there because, you know, it was a hero station. Of course, it took place on there, and then Defiant got introduced, and it's such an iconic ship. But Voyager, of course, we got seven years with her, right? Um, Very unique in terms of her capabilities, the pivoting nacelles, landing struts and all that. So I can see why it was there and probably why it edged out against NX-01 Discovery. All the newer ships, they're they're newer. People are probably looking to the classics and we got the most amount of time with Voyager behind the Enterprise-D.
1: Right. And I think part of that too is like uh, comparing Voyager just to Defiant for a moment. I feel like Voyager carries along more of the design language from the OG Connie and the Enterprise. Prize D than yeah. Defiant does, Yeah. which just doesn't say that Defiant's bad or anything. It's just we're familiar with having a saucer and yep. a secondary hull in the cells that are slightly like outside of the yeah, ship. Yeah. They're not flush with the ship, so Defiant's like different in its own right. But mm-hmm. I think people kind of lean more towards the traditional saucer secondary hull, etc.
0: No, I think you you hit it right on the head. But um, we of course <laughs> did get a lot of submissions for the Defiant too, so it just didn't beat out Voyager though.
1: I know I voted for Discovery. (laughs)
0: Ah, well, I know you're a big Discovery fan, and she's definitely grown on me, to be 100% honest, Um, from that first time we saw her in an asteroid. Thank goodness. Um, We won't won't descend too, too far. But uh, of course, uh, thanks for everyone for participating. Always great to see your responses.
1: All right. For the next community queue, we want to know, what one ship from Trek do you think is the most Borg-proof?
0: Ooh, this is a cool one. So don't just think about, you know, what could withstand the Borg in terms of shielding and armor and all that. Think about maneuverability. Think about special abilities. Think all of that. And this also could include alien species. So um, obviously we know species 8472 is pretty Borg proof. uh, But, uh, you know, think about it. I I know we're going to get a ton of responses for Federation ships, but you know what? Actually. (laughs) Broaden your horizons. Yes, broaden it. But send us two. Send us, if you're going to send us a Starfleet or Federation ship, send us one and also send us your alien ship. Let us know which of those are the most Borg proof.
1: And remember, you can send your answers to us via email, the submission form on our website, or via Twitter.
0: All right. Well, the time has come. We're going to go meet Thomas now for finally his uh, solo debut. Uh, We'll go meet him and uh, have a nice chat with him about ships. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. Shall we head over?
1: Let's head over.
2: There's an old saying: nothing is more intimidating to an artist than a blank canvas. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, if you're making a Star Trek ship for Star Trek Online, especially a a Starfleet ship, the canvas is not blank. You have things to work with. You've got, you know, the the Federation visual style. You've got the general Star Trek aesthetic, and then you start to pick at like, okay, well, we know this needs to be a cruiser or a science vessel, or specifically, in the case of uh, one of the ships that I designed, the um, uh, Pathfinder, Mm -hmm. that we knew was going to be an evolution of the intrepid class so it needed to be in that family right and so that gives you a key off scale, it gives you proportions, you know, it doesn't only tell you what to do, but it also tells you like, okay, well, this is what's already been done. So how, how do we simultaneously like color within the lines, but also yeah. do something new that people have, you know, are, are going to be excited to play with. And in the case of the Pathfinder, I looked at um, some early drawings that Rick Sternbacher did as a mm. Voyager mm-hmm. and I thought, you know, hey, it'd be cool to get some inspiration from uh, some of this stuff, even though it never got used, uh, canonically, we do that a lot if we can, you know, look at old uh, concept art and see if there's something that we want to borrow from to bring to life in STO so that people get a chance to play with that stuff that never made it to the screen.
1: Well, there's a lot of concept art that we've seen that um, Star Trek Online has brought to life. There's the Pathfinder and there's one of the variants of the Defiant and the Ambassador that we've seen in Star Trek Online. Oh yeah,
2: you're right. You know, it's fun to be able to bring those like you might call them obscure designs to life and be inspired by them um in the case of the pathfinder it was more a riff like the probert ambassador was just like a literal translation of this is what the concept was like and we're just going to bring it to life in the game and the same with the Jeffries legendary constitution but like for the pathfinder it was taking some of these elements like the downward um sloping nacelle pylons and the more like um even more exaggerate, exaggerated like arrowhead hull shape right yeah. and 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 developing that you know mirroring that with the star trek online style um and and you know, the, the second part of the process, after you define your parameters, after you start doing general sketches, the second part is iterating and picking out the things that you like and the things that you don't like. In fact, with the Pathfinder, the, um, one of the things that I tried was the vertical fin. Um, oh, that no That was way. actually in an uh, early Voyager concept. It yeah. was supposed to be like a big shield generator. It looked like a big like shark fin. Right, yeah. um, and uh, <laughs> and nobody liked that. Oh, no. <laughs> nobody, our director at the time really didn't like it, so we, we scrapped oh, no. And just went with something a lot more sleek.
0: Sounds like he had that in common with the uh, producers of Voyager. (laughs) Right,
2: I guess. Uh, Which was kind of a bummer because I thought it was something I like. So a rule I like to follow is that if if you make something that you're just going like 100%, this should look cool then it's going to look cool. But the minute you stop looking at it, it all it just sort of vanishes from your mind because it's just all sort of like super highly defined proportional lines and shapes. And, and yeah, aesthetically, it's really good, but there's nothing distinctive or, or super interesting that like sticks in your craw a little bit. Right. And so yeah. when we're talking about or we're doing, um, I actually kind of fight sometimes with our concept artist because he wants to make things that are aesthetically have like a perfect proportions and perfect flow. And I I always pick out things like can you make it look a little weirder um, because i we want like you know 80 percent cool 20 percent weird right, and if yeah, you yeah. think about when people saw the, the discovery for the first time yeah right a well, lot wait, of people... sorry
0: the first first time during that uh, no offense <laughs> yeah. to whoever did it the, that render in the asteroid right. that was very uh like oof. it was very oof
2: it was not a, it was not a super polished render but was, is by, that the one we're referring to I, I would say either way. I mean, like okay. the, the, the design of the ship, ship changed a little, but the, the, tr- the giant triangle Delta wing shape yep. remained. Right. That's <laughs> yes, still that's the same. True. And that, and right. so like, that is the thing that it's weird. Right.
0: Well, that triangle, you know, it's for that, uh, turbo lift system. Right. Feeling, <laughs> right? Just, <laughs> yeah. it's just a, it's just a giant turbo lift cavern <laughs> inside that triangle. That explains all of it. Oh no. <laughs> that was very wrong. <laughs> they know, they know it was wrong.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so it's always, and you know, we, We did that with the Enterprise F2, the um, Adam Mm -hmm. Eiley and uh, Adam Williams, when they're developing that ship, right? We went with a dual neck, which is weird. Um, It's weird why do you have two necks? Uh, But, you know, it really... <laughs> it works and it grew on people. And now they're now like so many people when they see the Odyssey, they they love it. And like, yep. there was so much hate for the Enterprise F when it came out. It was, it was a super controversial. But there's
0: so much hate for every ship that comes right. out, to be honest. Exactly. Like, Jerks. Yeah. Uh, another dual neck uh, fan out there that makes amazing ships, Bill Krauss, right? He's got I the I love the whole uh, stuff. Yeah. yeah. He's got yeah. the Essex class. Shipyard,
2: or, yeah, right? Tyco Shipyards. Tycho is shipyards. Thing. It's so good. Yeah. The Essex class is, is, uh, is amazing. It's it, it definitely inspires me a lot. <laughs> I love seeing the photos he puts out.
0: Did you see his Instagram post a few weeks back? He was shipping something off to somewhere. Uh, I'm pretty sure he said on the Instagram post where it was going. Uh-huh. Am I am I mistaken? Does anyone remember this? I remember it. I don't remember the specifics. I it in. But... I'm pretty sure I saw on his Instagram uh, a few weeks back that he had a very nice box with a bunch of Tyco shipyard stickers stuck to it being <laughs> sent <laughs> off to, uh, I think, a little company called Paramount um, or yeah. CBS. Oh,
1: never heard. Yeah. Uh, huh.
0: yeah. Interesting. So he <laughs> says to keep your eyes peeled on all-access television next year. So, so uh, he's got to be involved. If Bill's involved, I have very. Um, I'm very excited about that. Now, the bar I, is yeah.
1: very high. <laughs> I, I know that
0: there's, a, like you said, there's a lot of controversy about the ships that are out now. Um, you know, with any new ship, it seems like uh, no one can get past the fact that they don't all have to look the same. Uh, but this right. is not a show about t- 32nd century design. This is a show about, uh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, STO does have some 32nd century designs. Yeah. But, you know, um, I'd, lo- I'd love for us to focus on the things you've been working on right now. Um, and I know, sure. um, you know, you obviously have some amazing designs in make. We've talked about a few of them already, but I love the work you've been doing to actually remaster. And I imagine that's probably, you know, you've done a few remasters now, but I imagine that's an interesting dilemma to have to think about. How do I prioritize what I'm going to do? And I'm sure there's direction from, you know, the producers on the game and Captain Gecko, all that, who kind of say what the focus should be. But it's been amazing to see some of the older ships getting that new life breathed into them. And when they came out, we all thought, these look amazing. And
2: now you see them and you're like,
0: these look amazing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean the game has evolved a lot over the last eleven years, going mm. on twelve. And um, I did a count recently, and there are like over three hundred Tier Six ships what? Um, wow. in the game. And you know we—that's nuts. So when we did the T6 ships. The Pathfinder was a T6 version of the Intrepid. Mm-hmm. The Andromeda was the T6 version of the Galaxy. You know, we, we the first things we did were we got to make T6 versions of all the you know fan favorites, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that means so 2015. So that's you know six years ago. Um... And, and these T6 ships are kind of what helped kind of gel the this is what Star Trek Online ships look like.
1: One thing that I really love about Star Trek Online is the way that uh, players can, you know, go really in depth with customizing their own ships and the names, the registries, the registry prefixes. Um, yeah. Because of all these customization options, I imagine there is a lot of work put into being able to make this a thing.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's um, well, you know, there's there's the joke of around the ST. Player base that the Space Barbie is the true end game. Yes,
1: <laughs> I, I definitely perpetuate this. <laughs> and it was just
0: canonized recently, right? Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Star yes. Trek Day,
2: <laughs> right? Um, and so we take that pretty Seriously, and we do our best sometimes. It's really hard. Um, the recently we released a new uh ship, the Clark, which is a you know a T6 Malachowski, so it's like mm-hmm. a, based on the Malachowski from Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, um, and uh, but we, you know, Hector did his magic where he takes it and applies the STO filter to it. That's <laughs> really what we say internally is you know, you take something from the show and just like throw, you know. What what would it look like, you know, fast forwarded into the 25th century? Yeah, sure. um, And so that, and to make that an interesting choice for players, we could have just like put it on its own, what we call its own skeleton, which Mm -hmm. just means that it wouldn't share parts with anything else. But it's so, it's, it's deceptively close to the way that the Miranda looks. Yeah. Um, and so we thought okay well let's try to put it on the Miranda skeleton so that you can swap parts of all the different Miranda variants. All right. You know the thing that um that I take seriously is that uh, Star Trek Online is your Star Trek adventure and whatever ship you choose that's your hero ship, right? So yeah. we want every ship that we make especially when we're designing a new ship um our ambition which you know you you're going to fall short of every now and then but our ambition is that every ship feels like it could anchor a show, right? Yeah. To- um because so we want them all to be detailed and we want them all to be fun to look at and interesting. It's such an important thing for me, too, because you want, you know, the, the ships are characters. Yeah, um, of course. They're characters in the show and they're characters in Star Trek Online. They're a huge part of your character yeah. in the game as well. And so you want them to be a character. They need to have character. Yeah, of, <laughs> of course. They, they need to elicit <laughs> these emotional reactions.
0: And a theme song now.
2: Yeah, and a theme song, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's all part of the feeling that you get when you look at this stuff is it's tied into that music and that that feeling of um you know a Star Trek ship especially like the Enterprise represents it rep- it represents so much it represents optimism it represents um, kind of a sense of safety right like when the crews away from the ship they're in danger but when they come home you know they're home yeah um, so there's a lot there's a lot of emotion tied up in the ships and and it's something I, I like to think about a lot as I'm as I'm doing art as I'm now I'm, I'm doing more now that I've done all these you know we've done these remakes masters, um, and we've got um, some more polished materials and things to work with. I'm doing more to show off some of our ships because I think it actually holds up as artwork beyond just being a game asset, right? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And, and I was thinking of that too. Like, I think today the day of the recording of this, you released um, a render that you did of the Pathfinder and God, it just this look, it looks so good. Blue alert? And, <laughs> <yes>. Blue alert! <laughs> <laughs> um, and you, you're right, it really does hold up as its own, you know, kind Kind of art, and even for my own stuff, I this might be kind of tangential, but I often struggle with kind of like imposter syndrome. Like, this isn't real art. I'm taking pictures from a video game. This, even, this isn't even like these are not my assets. None of this is mine. And but it's like it really is art, and I'm trying to change my language, <laughs> change my internal dictionary. Like, say this is sure, art. yeah, yeah. And so yeah, what, what what you're doing, Thomas? Like outside of just like the modeling aspect, the renders that you do, that is that is art, and. It, they're gorgeous. <laughs> oh,
2: thank you. Yeah, and and I, I will say too, and I I speak for the entire Stowe team. You know, we always love it when uh, when people like you post awesome screenshots you've taken because it makes us feel good about all our hard work, right? Like somebody is inspired by what you've done to, to also go and do something creative. It fuels me. <laughs> it, it's it's a it's a it's a huge reason of why I work so hard is because I was yeah. like, oh, I got to remaster all these ships so Alex <laughs> can take great screenshots of them. Yeah. Hey. can do great videos of them you know well, <laughs> um,
1: as of the point of recording this now we don't quite have access to these remasters yet and i am itching to get my grubby little paws on these
0: things. <laughs> <laughs> very soon my friend Very soon. now i know you were talking about you know that is a big compliment how do you feel about uh prodigy basically you know They've got to have seen the Star Trek Online Star Cruiser, that old, old (laughs) ship, Mm -hmm. because there are some striking similarities, not just in the shape, but the Mm -hmm. nacelles don't have, you know, the round front bazaars. So uh, I guess that's definitely going to be up for a remaster, because I imagine you're going to be using the parts for the ProtoStar to mix in with that, because it is very close. Uh, Well, not to
2: burst anybody's bubble, um, but no, I highly doubt it. I I think that ProtoStar, it looks like it's about the size of the Franklin from Star Trek Beyond which is True. You're right. very, yeah. very small, probably like half a frigate-sized yeah. ship. So <laughs> we couldn't have them swap parts for that reason alone. But, but ultimately, when you're working, remember we talked about the blank canvas earlier? Yep, yep, and yep. And the people on Prodigy, they're not working with a blank canvas either. And so True. they know, okay, we're making a Starfleet ship. It's after Voyager, but before Picard. So it's probably got to be kind of inspired by the Nova and the Intrepid totally and Prometheus on. and all that ah, stuff. Ah, the Nova. So like, maybe
0: that could switch yeah. parts with it. I'm just throwing yeah, ideas yeah. out.
2: <laughs> uh Actually, um, if, we, if we do, you know, if we did, if we got the chance to add Protostar into the game, uh, I highly doubt it would switch parts of anything because mm. of the complicated animations, right? Yeah. The way the, the oh, engine opens true. up and all that stuff. We, yeah. we can't add that to the... For the Nova. For fair, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs>
0: um, but we do need a Tier Six revamped Nova. Sorry, that's, uh-huh. that's, a, that's I, a plug for one. Miss. I, that's actually a plug for an STO player that emails in often, saying, "I'm waiting for your discussion on the Nova." There uh-huh. you go, friend. There you go. All right. Well, we know that
2: that is something people want, and we'll see. I,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Well, what are your thoughts on the Protostar? Uh,
2: it looks cool. Yeah. yeah. I, it looks cool. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing more uh, Prodigy in general everything the visuals from that show have looked really cool
0: yeah do we know who designed the protostar uh i do not
1: probably a good question
2: i don't even know and maybe you know this but i i feel like there hasn't been much transparency on the, the artists doing the work for these new shows as far as the ships are concerned um yeah. you know, i don't know who did the la serena do you do you know who designed the la serena like-
0: yes his name was matt yang i think it's okay. matthew yang he is he was brand new. Okay. We talked about it in um, episode one of the Ships of the Trek Universe, which is the collab podcast we do with Hero Collector. So thanks mm. for the shameless right. plug there, Thomas. I appreciate it. You're your welcome. Here, of course. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Matthew Yang. And yeah, I, I know John Eaves has his hands a lot on stuff, okay. you know, from what we've seen on Bill Krause's Instagram, of course. We, we've got that, you know, ship in the box. We're assuming it's a ship since it's got the Tycho Shipyard stickers all over it that went off mm-hmm. to uh, a access for something next year. Um, Mm So it's it's good. I um I know John's very busy. Um, and I know he is working on on Trek, you know, official shows and other things. and yeah, um, Doug
2: Drexler also announced that he was on the card too. Oh wow!
1: So. Exciting.
0: Yeah, very very <laughs> exciting. It's great to see his uh his work going through on that. I know you got a chance to work with him for Ships of the Line calendar recently, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. that's that's actually another great thing about what we were talking about with the art is that you know you get to create these renders
2: and they actually
0: get featured in the official you know Ships yeah. of the Line stuff.
2: So.
1: Yeah. That is so cool. That was
2: my first one too. I, I've been following that calendar for since it's been a thing, which is like 15 <laughs> years or something. I think that calendar is older than Star Trek Online. So. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I have longingly looked at it, like, <laughs> like uh, I'd love to be, you know, included in this one day. And then this and year, now you are. and now I'm <laughs> for the, the 20. I think it's a 2022 calendar, um, which just went on sale this year. So um, that was that was a fantastic opportunity. I'm so grateful for Doug to to. Include me, and I don't know if I can say this. I think it's probably fine. He he invited me to be back. You, so I think I might get to do something yeah, for the yeah. twenty twenty-three calendar. I don't know what I'm gonna do yet. Excellent. But <laughs> Pathfinder. <Yeah.
1: laughs> I'm not biased or anything.
2: I think it will be it will probably it'll probably be another one of my ships, um, but I don't know what yet. Pathfinder landed on a planet. Let me what those landing struts look like. <laughs> I don't have to I have to model them. <laughs> Luckily,
1: you have plenty of time.
0: You'd have to model them and you'd also have to figure out what happens with the nacelles since they're tucked under, right? Or, well, well, they're they're on a pivot, so they can just swing up. Up they go. No,
1: just really long landing struts. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like a stork or a flamingo.
2: It actually lands vertical, <laughs> like the Rossinante <laughs> from <if you> the expanse. <laughs> well, I oh, mean, man. Space is three
0: D. That'd be uh-huh. interesting, actually, to see more ships that work on the vertical. I know we've talked about with you before about the the Capital Deterredex ship um, and why that's not in the game. But right, um, it almost
2: actually was. It almost was. Um, we were thinking about doing that for the Legendary Derudex, Oh uh, that never no really came out, and um, ultimately. Uh, this is a bit of a, how the sausage gets made, but okay. ultimately, so that was the plan. So Donnie was going to model the new Duderadex and then he was, you know, that, that, that vertical Duderadex is actually, if you model the original, it's actually pretty easy to do the new one because you just have to like, it's just basically the top wing twice, right? Mm-hmm. It's near yeah. left, right? Um, so we were going to do that, but then Donnie started experimenting with this whole, it's a not to get too in the ways, but it's a new way of, of doing the textures mm. that let us get um, the very specific like streaks and weathering that the Dideradex has. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Which, so I, good. which I felt was, um, <laughs> it's such a signature part of that ship's look. And it's yes. also pretty rare in Star Trek ships to have that kind of weathering um, on mm. the model. And so it became a choice of, okay, well, we do this vertical Dideradex, which would be super cool, but then we don't get... Iconic texturing that we want mm-hmm. to make the Canon X look, you know, 100 accurate. And so ultimately, we decided that it was better to lean into the, uh, especially as a legendary release, like lean into the accuracy as much as possible. And so Terminal. Donnie yeah. spent that extra time on the texturing, getting that weathering pattern working. Um, and I think I think that was the right choice. It looks it looks yeah. phenomenal. It uh, it's one of the best, you know, Diderotex models out there, and um, certainly one of the best in any like officially licensed Star Trek game. Um, but we did do the <laughs> Uh, a nod to the old game of Final Unity uh, Uh for the legendary uh variant. Donnie and I both Love that game, so that was a great thing to include.
0: It's so great. Well, you know what? Like it didn't make it out this time, but you know, in twenty-five years when the tier ten right. legendary to Daredex comes out, you know. Oh, no. So
2: I'm, I'm shriveling away just thinking about <laughs> I, I know
0: I know I know players are always like, okay, where when's Tier Seven coming out? I don't think mm. we uh, actually need tier seven ships. I still think that there's tons that can be done to expand the gameplay without having to introduce a whole new... I remember us talking about when I was working there on tier six ships and what they were going to be and coming out and it was just... It made sense why there are now you know tier six Mm -hmm. ships but how do you go above and beyond that I I think you all have been doing it in creative ways without actually having to like
1: the endeavor system yes
0: and also like legendary and there's Mm -hmm. there's Mm -hmm. so many more legendaries that I think that individuals are going to want to see Um, and there's some really cool opportunities there and it allows you to go back and and they don't have to be done now it's nice that things are coming out (laughs) over time because you know you get a chance to master those ships and earn those things rather than having to jump to the next so I really enjoy enjoy the release yeah. cadence that's that's set and gosh i cannot wait for the next infographic talking about how many <laughs> ships you probably know what's the it's, count up to now of playable ships in STO? it's uh 842 oh my so, gosh
1: i was about to whistle but yeah. glad i didn't do that into my mic yeah. Dang.
0: <laughs> you're welcome george
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank you Alex.
0: Um, I, gosh, I remember when I was sitting down to play STO beta and my little, you know, centaur coming up on the screen and just
3: Mm -hmm. then getting,
0: you know, you know, I think there was only three (laughs) ships for tactical science and engineering. There were three variants for each of those at each tier, I think. Right. Um, and it's just amazing to see how far it's come. It's, I'm so proud (laughs) of the work that you're all doing, Thomas, and I'm so glad STO is getting the credit it deserves. Like that shout out from Mary Chifo during the live stream, I squealed like a little kid and I immediately tweeted Mike and STO that was, that was just she
1: did it while I was in class
0: I know, was so I know. <laughs> but like I hope individuals heard that and they're like wait there's a Star Trek online game because like mm-hmm. you can do the best marketing it's not, it doesn't come down to that you still find individuals that have not heard of it just because this is how marketing and content works um, yeah. and I just love that more and more players are discovering it and realizing they can jump in and live their Star Trek fantasies 24 hours a day seven Seven days a week. You can live in the Star Trek universe. It's given me so much. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Star Trek Online. And, Same. And, mm-hmm. and I really value, you know, all the whole team's work that they do to keep the flame alive in between shows. And while shows are out, there's so much Star <laughs> Trek content and STO is an amazing part of that. So um, it's just, it's really amazing to see all the work you're doing, Thomas.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for it. And
0: the team, of course, everyone on the team.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, I'm very lucky to, to have had experience. I'm very lucky to work the, with the people I work with. And, you know, you work with a bunch of Star Trek fans and everybody's passionate about Star Trek and they want to make the best sort of Star Trek game that they can. And, uh, you know, I, that's one of the reasons I've been here for going on 11 years in mm-hmm. November uh, is because I just, I like the people uh, yeah. so much. I, you know, you could have a dream job, but if everybody was a jerk, you wouldn't want to stay there. No you know, you way. wouldn't last, right. last forever. So yeah. um, I, I am certainly really lucky to be on this team.
0: Well, Thomas, you know, You mentioned your colleagues there. It would be amazing to have you and the rest of the lads and lassies on the show sometime for a roundtable, but we'll save that. Um, And, uh, you know, we're going to let you get back to your work. And this was an absolutely brilliant chat. Uh, But before we let you go, now, you've already answered our rapid fire questions before. So we're going to let you off the hook there, but we're not going to let you off the hook with our dreaded or some would say loved dilemma question. Is that all right? (laughs) Okay. All right, Alex, over to you.
1: So for your dilemma question, we want to ask you a question that's akin into a community queue that we did recently, and that is if you had to replace the inquiry class fleet of ships from the season one Picard finale with one other ship class, which would it have been?
2: Uh, well, I mean, it's selfishly, I'd want it to be the Odyssey class from mm-hmm. Star Trek Online, right? I'll go with it. <laughs> yeah, we collaborated with IDW for the Picard Countdown comic. Ah, I was wondering. There is there is an Odyssey class starship in that comic yeah, there that sure was is. called the USS Verity, and that was Picard's flagship. Um, and it was it was really fun because we they had a little they did a little thing at the end of that comic where I wrote some background lore on the Verity and talked about like I had to come up with the reason why the Verity shows up in Picard 10 years or you know 20 years before Star Trek Online mm. so I, I came up with uh, some <laughs> some pretty convoluted lore for it you know but it was it was cool and so they got to see an Odyssey class in a official you know Star Trek tie-in thing that wasn't Star Trek Online related and and so that, that whole thing was fun because it was like we talked to I W and and you know we were like hey can we work with you guys the main thing like oh, yeah we need a ship for picard so we sent them a bunch of options and then decided <laughs> on the odyssey class amazing nice. yeah it was
0: super cool
1: good taste yeah
0: <laughs> i think I, I think that was the answer i knew you were going to go with um <laughs> that would have been absolutely amazing uh, is there is there another backup you had because i know you said selfishly i'll do this one but if you, if you couldn't <laughs> yeah. use the odyssey sorry for anyone who disagrees but i consider the odyssey canon and, and i'll fight you on it if you say not
1: <laughs> i will fight you too
0: yeah yeah I mean, I mean it's it's in the comics it's in the game i know Mm -hmm. some storylines don't always you know necessarily match up but we know it is um especially based on our chat with adam um who created it he he has some i guess some insight that we don't have Mm -hmm. just yet um Mm -hmm. but anyways i digress Mm -hmm. um outside of odyssey any other
2: backups uh well hold on i really i want to address that really quick because (laughs) one one of the things about star trek exploding the way that it's exploding now is Canon is uh, a lot more flexible than it used to be in the sense of um, Picard stylistically is super different than Discovery. And Discovery stylistically is super different than Lower Decks. And then there's going to be Prodigy, right? And so, like, you have to sort of accept (laughs) some wiggle room Mm -hmm. uh, to get all of these things in strange new worlds, right? Like, what is Canon... Now, it's not like back in the 90s when every show had the same production designer and the exact same look and it was very clearly visually tied together in the same universe, right? Like the the 90s approach is a much more sort of Marvel way of doing it or Star Wars way of doing it Mm -hmm. where everything is very holistic and that in canon back then meant something really clear. But now it's like things with the Star Trek label can all look very different and have their own story, you know, storylines and characters that don't necessarily mesh 100% together um, as tightly. So I think canon is a lot more flexible these days. Just sort of like, do, you know, is Star Trek, do I like it? And you can sort of make your own canon by putting together the pieces that you enjoy because I think that's what they're doing. I think that's what CBS is doing, you know, with, with these new shows. It's, you know, they're just sort of it's like here's you know here's uh nickelodeon you get a Star Trek kids mm-hmm. show and you can sort of this is what tellerites look like in prodigy it's not yeah. what tellerites look like in discovery you're right and it's yeah. not what tellerites look like in enterprise right yep. um or to us right that's all different things so so i think you know i think people's the concept of canon i think has got to be uh <laughs> elasticized a bit yeah. uh these days um, yeah you hear that canon crusaders <laughs> you hear that relax well i don't i'm i i do not want to rag on people because I'm like that. I mean, I, I I like I I appreciate the the Marvel or Star Wars approach where everything is very holistic and it shares a similar aesthetic. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and maybe Star Trek will go back to that. Someday, but right now it's very much about expanding the audience, which means expanding the stylistic choices and, and and modernizing things and stuff. So you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But right now, I think you know what's canon uh, isn't really something people have to worry about. So yeah. to answer your question,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad we
2: asked this question. No, what a that
0: great was a discussion! No, a really good digression. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Um, well, it's been it's been on my mind a lot lately, especially with the addition of lower decks and prodigy yeah, sure. to the whole Star Trek u- universe. <laughs> Absolutely. Um So I think I think it would be fun to see the Akira class again. Uh, mm. If we talking, if I had to pick oh. another cannon ship, um, that would have made a lot of sense to me. Um, yes. And um, you know, otherwise uh, for Sto. Um, or defiant, you know, defiant class obviously is a favorite. Mm. But um, another sto ship, I probably would. It would be cool to see like um, the Andromeda. It's a big, you know, heavy oh, crazy kind of thing. Aha. But uh, also, I designed it, so that's you know, that is also a selfish answer.
1: I heard that answer in my head before you said Odyssey. I was like, you're going to yeah. say Andromeda, you, aren't you? If you wanted <laughs> the
2: closest thing we had, which is uh, the Avenger. Um, yeah, so, right. Like it would be cool if the Avenger showed up. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Alas, the Avenger can only show up when I'm in command only 50% of the time go go explore the Hodo system and Captain Uh Felser of the uh, USS Avenger might just Uh pop up in your system with you I was
1: just mentioning that earlier you you, you (laughs) were you
0: were you're very close Thomas to all our answers this was on the last episode episode 27 Um, the responses Uh were top one was Sovereign then it was Mm -hmm. Odyssey uh, Defiant Akira and Prometheus were the top five interesting so yeah if you haven't if you haven't listened to that folks make sure you go back list episode 27 to hear about it and of course participate in the community queues uh but that's it for today's show again thomas thank you so so much it was so great having you
2: it's great to be here i always love shooting the ship
0: <laughs> you are welcome <laughs> on anytime and we will have you back until then alex and i are going to warp over to this episode's all hands on deck segment
1: This episode's drill, we handed the community an intelligence dossier in regards to a mission of epic proportions. It read, a spatial fissure leading to the Kelvin timeline has opened in the prime timeline's alpha quadrant and is predicted to remain stable for up to six months. And you're tasked with sending a fleet of ships through. Which three ships do you send through? Bonus points for including whether you sent them for recon, diplomacy, or war.
0: So, special shout out to our audio engineer George for this one. He came up with this one. I think it's really, really fun.
1: Thank you, George.
0: Yeah, thanks, George. And we got a lot of responses, but there were some key themes that emerged. So, I'm going to talk about the classes of ships and also why they were suggested. So, first off, we talked about her just a bit ago, but the Galaxy class, specifically for its size and diplomatic potential, as well as okay. the Odyssey class to kind of show the might of the Federation, the Iron Fist of sorts, kind of that new evolution of what ships are looking like. So, okay. uh, well, well, there are six total. So, let's take two at a time. So, Alex, your thoughts here.
1: I, I like, oh, I'm, I'm biased towards the Odyssey. I love the Odyssey. <laughs> Um, I think both are great if you're really wanting to go towards diplomacy. Mm -hmm. Because Odyssey, even though you can have like an Iron Fist of the Federation, it's not a menacing ship. Yeah, that's right. Like, it's not a menacing design. I mean, it certainly has the firepower to back it up, but I, I don't know. I'm biased. I would go a diplomatic route in this one. So I would send the Odyssey to whoever voted for that. (laughs) I I like you.
0: (laughs) We like you. Yeah, absolutely agree. And of course, they've got some really cool abilities, too. You know, they can both, you know, saucer separate or Odyssey's Chevron separates. And it's also got the Aquarius escort where maybe the galaxy could launch its captain's yacht. So good choices. Definitely see the potential there for diplomatic, but also showing them, you know, the Federation in the uh, prime timeline is not one to be messed with with as well and <laughs> the next two so the defiant i totally get why for this one primarily oh, yeah. because of its cloak and of course recon capabilities but also the sovereign which is no stranger to our responses but specifically of course for its tactical firepower but also not just to come in and blaze guns and war but really for that defensive prowess like really mm-hmm. showing them like you know i we're not one to be messed with you don't want to fire on us because we got this <laughs> we're not going to fire on you first but if we needed to we we we, we can hold our own
1: yeah I think Sovereign would also be a good choice for Diplomacy because it just looks so good. It's
0: gorgeous. It's gorgeous. (laughs) And uh, sidebar, we had a really great chat with John Eves, who designed the Sovereign on a recent Hero Collector podcast episode. You can find that on, you know, in in the list of all of our episodes. Go back and find that one. Uh, But John would like to join us again for another episode. So I'm sure we're going to get some more Sovereign in. Um, But uh, yeah, uh, uh, of course, Amazing Ship. It's gorgeous. We need more screen time of it. We'll see what happens in the next season of Hard. Um, in terms of the last two, Intrepid uh, class of mm-hmm. Voyager, um, the same class as USS Voyager, specifically for science capabilities as well as recon. Obviously, we know it's a good recon ship. It spent quite a bit of time in the Delta Quadrant, uh, yeah. you know, doing surveys and whatnot. And the Prometheus, specifically for its tactical prowess. So. And
1: not to appease Brandon.
0: Yeah, not just to appease <laughs> me. Although, uh, other, than, hmm, other than the Excelsior not showing up, we got all of our favorite ships covered, I think. Or, or some yeah. of our favorite ships, at least.
1: Well, all of our favorite federations Favorite Federa- well,
0: this is it. Yes. Very very important yes. to caveat that. But um of <laughs> course Prometheus, it also can split into three ships and it's all they're all super powerful. So absolutely uh makes a hundred percent sense there. And um I always love oh, these yeah. drills. They rotate um every six episodes. So we've got six different drills we run. So keep uh keep a look at, We we do want you to participate. And it's I think it's a lot of fun to kind of push yourself and think if you put yourself in those shoes, what you would do.
1: For sure. And remember if you want to participate in our future All Hands on deck Drills. They get posted on our Twitter page.
0: They do. And uh, <laughs> gosh, we're already here again at the end of the episode. Um, again, it was so, so great to finally have Thomas on. Lots of cool stuff there. Um, yeah. I imagine it's not the last time we're going to hear from him. Uh, he's definitely <laughs> a friend of the pod. He will be welcome back. And if you didn't know, uh, he actually designed our logo. I commissioned yeah. him uh, a year ago. This episode will have already come out after our one year anniversary. Um, but a year ago to design our logo and it's just absolutely ingenious he is a mastermind it's just it's so fitting for what we do and i love wearing it on our merch um (laughs) i see alex is wearing her hoodie and um i've got my shirt on so uh yeah i do love our logo and again thank you thomas for for that and of course being such a great friend of the pod
1: yeah thank you so much thomas
0: well, don't forget, hailing frequencies are always open. Head to shiptalkingpod.com to transmit a message via the submission form. And while you're there, check out that merch with the logo we were just talking about. It's it's uh, fun to wear it about. And if you t- if you do have some, take a photo, tag us in it, send it to us. We love to post it and share it out.
1: For sure. And remember, we're on Patreon as well, and your support is sincerely appreciated. And in return for your support, there's some pretty awesome benefits.
0: There is like an expanded episode of this one with more chat from Thomas as well as. Chat from all 27 of our guests that we've had on the show uh, so lots of additional content there and it's it's super cheap it's like less than buying us a coffee once a month so we appreciate it and it goes back into the pod we just spent a bunch of gold press latinum on some pins we're gonna be giving all of our patrons during the holiday time um so we pretty much used a couple months of our patron to to get those sorted so do check it out
1: they're super shiny they're
0: super shiny <laughs> um and uh, we're also on email you can email us at hello at shiptalkingpod.com. we reply to all of our messages we get. We love hearing from you. You're also on Twitter. Shoot us a message there. We're at Ship Talking Pod and it's a great way to meet other members who are listening as well and you can can meet some new Trek ship fans to talk with.
1: And of course, the best way to support us is to tell all your Trekkie and Trekker friends about the show. Please also consider leaving us a review on any of the pod platforms where you listen.
0: Yes, we, we read all of those as well and we take them to heart and we make changes based on it and we can't leave without a huge thank you to our community manager James for all the work he does in community and the fun he does. I've been really loving it. I'm going to miss his uh, his weekly ship posts about Lower Decks and all the ships we saw there without spoilers, so you have to click into it to actually see all the photos, but he's captured a lot of goodness. And of course, our senior audio engineer, George, he is the mastermind behind our sound and is the reason why we sound all good. And of course, our jokes at the end. If you didn't know, yes. there are jokes and little hidden Easter eggs at the end of all of our episodes, thanks to George. <laughs> he, uh, he has a lot of fun with those. And some of them are pretty funny. Some make you groan, but you're always guaranteed to have something there. So uh, do check them
1: out. (laughs) Well, thank you so much to our listeners, our community, and once again, our supporters on Patreon. Thank you so much.
0: Yep. Thank you so much. And we will catch you on the next episode. And in between then, we've got a lot of other content coming out. So keep your hailing frequencies pointed towards us. And until then, live long and prosper.
1: Live long and prosper.
0: Okay, Brandon today's the day we're going to make you sound five to ten years younger
3: with the Star Trek prodigy youth beam
0: although I have to say I, I'm not sure what they did to her voice it, it didn't sound as deep as it sounds now it, it was a bit interesting it was a bit off I thought I was like it is Janeway but it's
3: not the Janeway I remember but maybe that's intended because it's not a